This is Joe Burns. And Chad P. Hey, thanks for listening to the Rock School Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live Thursdays at 5. And Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School radio show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. You know, I'm really upset at that. Shut up. Shut We're up. On a deserted island <laughs> here. Island. Go go find a coconut. And Chad P. Dude, you know I love you to death, but I don't want to be on an island with you. <laughs> I don't. Class is in. Good afternoon. It's the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network with all of our fine affiliates. My name right. is Joe Burns, a professor in the Communication Department, Southeastern Louisiana University. Sitting to my immediate right, one who must learn. What's your name, young man? Uh, Chad P. Now, last week we had a bit of a downer show, and uh, Chad came to me and he said, Can we do a like a fun show next week because honest to goodness you really sucked all the air out of the room I last did week. Not. Well, I did not say that. Words to that effect. Here's but a book. I but I, I am a I am a stickler for the positive uh, point. I like I posi- think so. positivity, optimism. I have a book. I see it. It is here in my hand. What? It's called Stranded: yes, Rock and Roll for a Desert Island, edited by <laughs> Greel Marcus. It's a it's a bit of a dry read, but it's a neat little parlor game, and I guarantee you've heard the concept. If you somehow land on a deserted island, mm-hmm. and for some reason that deserted island has a never-ending supply of electricity, and for some reason that deserted island has a compact disc player, boy, there's a lot of things going on yeah. here. The mm. island of misfit compact disc players. That's right. And you, ladies and gentlemen, had the ability to bring an album with you. And by the way, this is a great party game. What album would you bring with you to that deserted island? I tell you what, and a lot of people be like, oh, I know what I'd pick. I'd pick... Oh, wait a minute. That's uh, right. Hold now, on, let me think about it. Ever since we decided to do this show, I've been asking a lot of people about this, and they either come up with the answer, bingo, bango, Or they have to think. Or they stare at the wall, yeah, yeah, for like a half an hour. I went to a birthday party over the weekend for uh, one of my son's little friends, and I told one of the dads the topic we were going to do, and he could not make up his mind. The the guy who runs the Southeastern Channel, the television station here on campus, mm-hmm. I said to him, what album would you take to a desert? Brabraxis. What? Okay. <laughs> I didn't even get the words out, and he's Abraxas, the first Santana album. He uh-huh. knew it immediately. But Chad and I were sitting here thinking, we could play the songs by these guys, and we could talk about our favorites, but how about we expand this just a little bit? Oh, yeah. So here we go, audience. Here are the three elements you have to think about. Follow it. Number one, mm-hmm. what is the album you would take to the deserted island? That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of easy. Number two, what is the album you would take to the deserted island 
that you pray nobody ever finds out that you listen to. Yeah. Because I believe everybody has this in their record collection. That piece of music that if your friends ever found out you listened to it, you would be embarrassed to the point of, okay, I like Britney Spears. Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> I really do. And number three, what is the album that if you found it on the desert island, you would still destroy it. Yeah, you wouldn't listen to it at all. It's so bad that if it was the only company that you had on that deserted island, you would still destroy it. Those are the three things you have to come up with. Chad has his first pick. I do. The album you would take to the deserted island. No brainer. Go. Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, 1987. Wasn't even in my top ten. Really? No. I tell you what, for my money, it didn't get any better in 87. I was only seven years old, but I got to tell you, it's their debut album. Yes. That's how I discovered them. My sister bought the single, Sweet Child of Mine. That was the girl song. Right. That was the ballad. I listened to it. I listened to it. I said, oh, wow, I've got to get this. So I went out, bought it right there. And uh, just absolutely love it. And what are we going to play? We're going to play probably the most popular G&R song that they do from that album, uh, at least, Paradise City. Okay, fair enough. We'll give you a little bit of background story on Paradise City. Shoot. Now, did you know that Appetite was their debut album? Uh, they had done uh, little goofy things before mm-hmm. that. It was their major label debut. A lot of people think that Lies was the debut album, uh, immediately followed by Appetite. Not eh, true. It's no. actually in the reverse order. Appetite yeah. came out in 87. Lies came out in 88. Uh-huh. And then uh, I think Usual Illusion 1 came out in like 91, something like that. But a lot of the songs that are on Usual Illusion 1, November Rain, Don't Cry. Oh, November you, Rain's been around forever. It was. That song was actually, they talked about putting it on Appetite. That's how long that song had been written and, and ready to go. Right, but you have to hang on to hits. Oh, yeah. You have to hang no on doubt. to hits for the no next doubt. albums. So, Paradise City. They're sitting in the back of a rental van as they're on their way back from playing a gig in San Francisco with a band called Rockin' Riders. Mm-hmm. Now, this is from Slash. He says that the va- the band was sitting in the back of the van drinking and playing acoustic guitars, and Slash started to kind of humming a melody, and Axl Rose sang, Take Me Down to the Paradise City. Slash immediately chimed oh, in with, "I've heard this." Where the girls are fit and they've got big, mm-hmm. yeah, brains. And did the rest of the band decided that uh, let's try to make it a little bit more radio friendly? Yeah, so. probably the best idea. Anyway, <laughs> if I was stranded on a deserted island and I had a compact disc player and I could only take one album, I gotta have my appetite for destruction. Paradise City, Guns and Roses, Rock School. We're rescued. There's a boat. Shut up, Professor. I'm trying to rock out. (laughs) We have an unlimited supply of electricity for some reason and a CD player that works. Let me save you about $14. Chinese democracy is Uh -uh. okay. It's It's not bad. It's all right. There's some really good guitar work from Buckethead, but basically it's an Axl Rose solo project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. My turn? 
Yes. We are doing, ladies and gentlemen, the albums you would take with you if stranded on a deserted island. Three choices you got to make. What album would you take with you? What album would you take with you that you pray nobody finds out that you took with you? And what album would you take with you? Or I'm sorry, what album would you destroy if you found on that island? Here are the albums that were in my top group. Okay. Dusty Springfield's Greatest Hits. Okay. Frank Zappa, You Are What You Is. Yeah. George Harrison's All All Things Must Pass. Now, these did not make it? Did not make it. Oh, okay. Paul Simon's Negotiations and Love Songs. Mm -hmm. And then I got some more here that I'm not sure whether I'm going to choose or not. But the one that made up your mind yet? No. See, these two are maybe my second choice. But the one that goes with me. You gotta know it's this band. Of course. Van Halen's Fair Warning. Okay. Of all the Van Halen albums, this is the guitarist's Van Halen album. Mm -hmm. It is the worst-selling David Lee Roth album. It only went double platinum. How good a band are you when your (laughs) worst-selling album goes double platinum? I'll tell you why I like it so much. I'm sad when it's over. Well, that, uh, when it comes go, to an end, right I can there. listen to it front to back, and mm-hmm. when it comes to an end, I'm sad it's over. Mm-hmm. It's a very dark album. Mm-hmm. Eddie's demons were raging at the time. It, it's it was something that he didn't really feel he wanted to do. The album is written mostly in drop D tuning. It's very dark is the only way I can get at it. The themes that are on it are really strong. It is a tour de force of everything he has ever done on the instrument. If you say, you know, an an alien drops out of the sky, who's Van Halen? Hand him this album. It is everything he has ever done on the fretboard. He should be giving a tall, thin hat. He's a wizard for 40 minutes on this album. Cool. Instead of choosing Unchained, which everybody knows, instead of choosing Mean Streets, which everybody knows, I decided to grab another one called Dirty Movies. Okay. It is, it's him chicken picking at the beginning. You'll hear it, really weird picking. And then it goes into a drop D tuning, nasty riff that is one of the most brutal pieces of music that Van Halen has ever put together. Wonderful. Wonderful. I could listen to it to the point that people wanted to tie me down and stop me from listening to it. Rock on. This is Dirty Movies. My choice. Van Halen's Fair Warning. Rock School. Am I right? Is that just about as brutal a song as you're going to get? Dude, you know I love you to death, but I don't want to be on an island with you. (laughs) I don't. The album is not like that. I really looked at every uh, every song on the album. I didn't want to play one that everyone knew. No, I like I like going that direction. I really do. I just wanted to pick one that was new. This is rock school. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to pick songs that people haven't either heard or haven't heard for a long while. What is the deal with the drop D? 
If you, What's a drop if, D tuning? It, no, I know what a drop D tuning is. You but take like, the E string and drop it down to a I D, understand, one, I one full that. step. But let's say I wrote a song. Hey, Doc, I wrote a song, and I want you to put the uh, music together for it, and I really want it to have a deep, dark mood. Yeah. So you probably automatically think, well, we'll just put it in a drop D. If you want it to be dark, we'll do it in a drop D. What's the deal with the drop D and the, uh, signifying dark, darkness and depression? Deep, and, deep, deep sounds. The the lower you take a string, the lower mm-hmm. you take a guitar string, the more it will over vibrate. Think Limp Biscuit. Right. He used to take the guitar... Who's the guitarist for Limp Biscuit? West Borland. West Borland used to take his guitar strings and drop them down even farther, maybe even down to a C. A drop C? Yeah. It wouldn't, call, it wouldn't be called a drop C. We'd just simply take the guitar down to a C mm-hmm. and... The more you would strike the string, because the string is looser, it would over vibrate. So instead of just going right, instead of just going, it would go wow. Right, wow. I got you. Wow. I got so you. it would have more of a growl to it. Okay, it would ha- it would over vibrate. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's it's just possible to be deeper, stronger, thicker, mm-hmm. and with the distortion and with the overdrive of the amplifiers, it's just much easier to make it sound darker, stronger, thicker, okay. harder. And and when you when you write something in drop D instead of E being the the deepest note on the instrument, D is now the deepest note on the instrument, and it just gives you the ability to go one. One deeper. Okay. That's that's the best explanation I can give. Okay. We gotta take a break. Take a break. One minute. We'll be back. Rock school. This is Rock be stranded on a deserted island with him. Rage against the machine. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to knock him around a little bit. You know, I'm really upset at the Shut up. Shut up. Deserted island here. Go go find a coconut. Um (laughs) I'm going up to the book right now that I brought with me called Stranded, edited by Grill Marcus, where he actually has some of the greatest rock critics in the United States Mm -hmm. picking their choice of what they would have. We're going to talk with John Rockwell. John Rockwell, uh, born Washington, DC, longtime music critic for the New York Times, now director of the Lincoln Center Festival. Festival. How about that? Okay. What album would John Rockwell choose? Living in the USA by Linda Ronstadt. Came really? out in 1978. Okay. Why? Yeah, Real quickly, detail, it says, detail. My defense, as it is, derives from the nature of my intended audience. Linda Ronstadt may not have the greatest critical success, but she is without a doubt the most popular woman singer of the 1970s and perhaps ever as measured by record sales at the time that I am writing this piece of writ. Very nice. So okay. we got her. Living in the USA, the actual name of the song, and from the album, Back in the USA. Odd to put it that way, but it's Linda Ronstadt on a deserted island. Not a bad pick. Rock School. There you go, hey. Linda Ronstadt, as we talk about <laughs> Stranded. We are on a desert island. Real quickly, speaking of desert island, are you a ginger or a Marianne person? Ah, uh, Marianne. Yeah, me too. I thought the same thing. Marianne, and man. why would you bring so much clothing on a three-hour tour? Exactly. As we choose the songs, <laughs> here are the three things. It's a great parlor game. If you're going to have yourself a Christmas party, you're going to a Christmas party, it's a great game. What album would you take to mm-hmm. the deserted island? What album would you take to the deserted island that you pray no one ever finds out? Keep that it a you secret. Actually, yeah, keep this a secret. What do you listen to when all the windows are up in the car and no one <laughs> can hear it? And finally, what album would you destroy if you found on the desert island. Mm-hmm. We are to our picks that 
You listened to that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You listened to that? Yep. Chad, you're first. And I got so much flack for listening to this band by a former DJ colleague of mine here at KSLU. He was the music director. The band is Eve Six. They I don't are... even know who Eve Six is. Well, see, that's why it's kind of embarrassing. It's not so much embarrassing, but when I say, yeah, I like Eve Six, I like the I like the album Horoscope, everybody goes, who? Yeah, I don't they know had, who this is. They had one hit. They came out in... Uh, Couldn't have been very big. Uh, no, it, it, they're, they're based out of Southern California. They had one hit. It was back in like 98, 99. And um, this album called Horoscope was their second album, recorded in North Hollywood, California, released in 2000 to mixed reviews, had one semi-hit. I'm not even going to play it. But basically, I would take this Eve 6 album because I love listening to them, but no one knows who they are. Let me hear them. Okay. Go. This song is called Nightmare, and it's off of Horoscope. It, it wasn't even with the semi-hit. I just like it, and I would take it with me. Fair enough. On Rock School. Album, an actual music album from an artist. I don't, I don't like to listen to an album unless I can listen to it front to back and enjoy every single song. Otherwise, I just go download the hits. Okay? I mean, I would listen to that and wouldn't think twice about it. You that did, was great. You like it? That was poppy metal. That was, I mean, that was that yeah. was poppy alternative. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it does not. <sighs> I thought it was fine. I mean, I thought that was nice. I would put that in a rotation. Okay, cool. I No, cool, I wouldn't cool. be embarrassed of that one bit. Basically, when they had the hit, when the hit was real big, I went and bought the album because back then you really didn't have access to download the song. So yeah. I, I bought the album for the song, but the album turned into something that I listened to from front to back. So when the second album came out, I bought it, and it's one of my favorite albums. Love I would, it. I'd take it with me. Love it. Welcome to the bottom of the hour, folks. You want to see what we look like? Go to the website, kslu.org. Look for the Rock School chalkboard on the right-hand side where we are. Want That's to right. send us an email? Mm -hmm. Do it. kslurockschool at gmail.com. kslurockschool at gmail.com. Doc. It yes. is official. In January, we have our Baton Rouge affiliate. Shall we tell them who they are? Sure, we can tell them who they are. Do it. Folks, we're going to KLSU, Tiger Radio, on the campus of Louisiana State University. <laughs> That's huge. KLSU. <laughs> That's huge. That's so right. we got how many, four affiliates now. Four and affiliates us, and us. Five radio stations. That's and right. And if I'm not mistaken, we are now talking to another radio station. Uh, very possible. Very across possible. Across the pond. We'll just leave it at that. At that. Across the so pond. So we may be another one across the pond. Who is our first affiliate? to get in Spain. Uh, Spain is 89.0 Radio Universidad in Salamanca. And uh, we can't say hi to uh, KLSU yet. Not yet. we're not on. We're not on. first of the year. Right. But we also have one up in, if I'm not mistaken, Connecticut. Connecticut in Middletown, Connecticut. WESU 88.1 FM. And the good people of Shreveport. Right up the street. <laughs> That's up the street. That's up the street. 91.3 KSCL in Shreveport, Louisiana. I mean, this is... 
What a Christmas present. It really is. What a Christmas present. When but, we started this show, I expected we would have a few listeners here in Hammond. The fact that this thing is taking off, and, and we're going up for another award. Yes. Yes, we are. Unbelievable. Yes, we are. I, and my wife looks at me and she says, you're never quitting this show, are you? No. Nope. I'm not going to issue a stump today because uh, I've on. got my picks and you got your picks, so let's move on. Playing a game, a little parlor game. We're to the point where we're uh, a stranded desert island. What is the music that you would take to the desert island that would be embarrassing to you. Are you embarrassed to share this? It's not that I'm embarrassed because I'm in my 40s and I don't care. Okay. If I was younger, I would be. Go ahead and play it. This is the this is the album I would take. Hit it. All right, okay. Obviously, what's, what's that? I can't let it play the whole way through, but just listen to is the... No, print up a little bit. Listen to the speed. Is that bluegrass? Yes, it is. Listen to the speed. It'll break down here. Now, pull it down a little bit. Is that a, a bass bit. I hear or a oh, jug? Yeah. No, it's a stand-up bass. Okay. It's a stand-up bass. That's actually Ricky Skaggs in Kentucky Thunder. It's from the album Bluegrass Rules. That's the one I would take with me. The actual album is called Rawhide. You'd be amazed at how much bluegrass I listened to. And the reason I listened to it is because the last radio station I worked for had a bluegrass show. Cool. And every year we would do a fundraiser Mm -hmm. where these bluegrass bands would come in and play. You kids out there who like the heavy metal and think to yourself, you know, oh, these guys play a million miles an hour, get a hold of bluegrass stuff. Get a hold of a bluegrass album. These guys play faster than you can think. <laughs> they are better musicians than you can believe. I don't like slow bluegrass. I don't like my dog fell down a whale. I don't like that, the slow stuff. I ha- I burn the stuff that's fast. It mm-hmm. has to go a million miles an hour for me. And this album does that. This bluegrass rules. Great stuff. Cool, man. So I would, I would burn myself a very fast bluegrass album. That's what I would take. If it goes... Love it. Okay, cool. Absolutely love it. So that would be the one I would take. All right. Back to the book. Back to the book. Stranded, edited by Grill Marcus. This is by Tom Carson, music editor from The Village Voice. What would he take? The Ramones, Rocket to Russia. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, this is Rockaway Beach. Rock school. Ramones. Oh, I love it. Rock to Russia. I love the Ramones. I do, too. i got to tell you, and it's one of those things, a lot of people say they love the Ramones because it's cool to say you love the Ramones. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-uh. I love the Ramones. It's one of those things. Will you listen to the band you say you love when you're in your car with all the windows up and no one can see you listening to the band? (laughs) I will listen to the Ramones. Now, the third leg of this little thing we're putting on here is what is the song or the, the album that you will listen to or that you will destroy, and you get to the, to the, yeah. to the island. If you're walking around on the island, you see it in the sand. You don't put it in the CD player. You take a crowbar to it because you, you got a crowbar it. too. Do you want to go to that, or do you want to play another one of our picks? Because I don't even know that I want to play the song that I would destroy. I got to tell you, I brought the song 
from the album that I destroy. Do you want to just say it and I don't, go to our other picks? I, I really don't like it, but being a team player, I brought it. I'd rather not play it because I just don't like it. All right, let's just say it then. Okay. What's the, what's the song or album that you would destroy if you arrived at the beach? We Can't Dance by Genesis from 1991 because I can't stand... I can't dance. Okay. I can't. I can't stand it. I and like I, Genesis, I, I, but I got to agree. I like with you Genesis on that one. too. I like Genesis but too. That I lo- song. I love Phil Collins. Ugh. But I did some research on it, and fa- I was like, okay, I can kind of give this to you guys. They wrote it as a joke. It was supposed to be a joke. It was not intended to be a hit. It was supposed to be a joke, just a little humor, just a space filler. I got and a the- song that's equal to that. What's that? Cheryl Crow is all I want to do is have some fun. There you I go. I like it the first half a million times I heard it. <laughs> Yeah, past that. Uh, I just, I don't like it. I so, don't like it at all. But they, re- they, they they did it as a joke. So. so then, young man, what is the second album you would bring to The Deserted Island? I got to tell you, after you hear my pick, you're gonna my age is really going to show. Because okay. my first pick was Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And my second pick is Metallica. Oh, fine. Um, a lot but, of people would take Metallica. But as a music enthusiast, yes. I will not take the Black Album. No, really? I will not take And Justice For All. What are you taking? To listen to one. I'm oh, going to take No kidding. I'm going to take the S&M album. That's the one with the big the, the big symphony. orchestra. That's right. Conductor Michael Kamen approaches Metallica in 1991 with the idea of pairing Metallica's music with a symphony orchestra. And on April 21st and 22nd of 1999, Metallica records two performances with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. This is No Leaf Clover, my no. second pick. I've got to listen to some Metallica backed up by the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. I, I like it. Good Thank pick. Yeah. Rock School. James. Right. Yeah. There it is. Well, that's it. We needed the yeah. Yeah. That's a good pick. Thank that's you. a good pick because most people, if they went to Metallica, would immediately go for the Black Album and Justice for All. I Master love the of Black Puppets. Album. I love the Black Album. Don't get me wrong. I love Metallica in general, but for me, it doesn't get much better than to listen to Metallica backed up by those violins and, and all that symphony. I, I love it. Yeah, well, I, no, it's a good pick. It's a really good pick. Let me give it to you one more time. If you're tuning in a little bit late, here's the deal. It's a nice parlor game. If you're going to a Christmas party, you're going to a stranded island. You don't have anything but a completely never-ending supply of electricity and a compact disc player. Got to take along an album. One album. You have to take along an album that anybody, if they found out you listened to it, would go, You listen to that? And then you find a record on the island... You would destroy it. Oh, yeah. When we come back, I'll tell you what album I would destroy, and I'll tell you my second choice to take to the album. One minute, rock school. This is Rock School. We're going off a book edited by Grill Marcus called Stranded Rock and Roll for a Deserted Island, and now the album or the group or what have you, that if I found it on the deserted island, I would destroy it. Mm -hmm. And some people that I tell this to either completely agree with me or they completely go against me. Anything by Fish. You don't like fish? No. I liked them the first time I heard them when they were called the Grateful Dead. Oh. 
That's I just I've never gotten that. into it. Free off the album, Billy breathes is all right, but past that, no, I've never understood them. And I've tried to like them. I I, I think it was uh, what's the PBS show that they were on? I can't think of it. Uh, Austin City Limits. Oh. I tried to. I, they don't do anything for me. Huh, okay. So that's it. What's my second choice? Here are the two. I mean, I fought between these two albums. Steely Dan's Citizen Steely Dan. Yeah. Couldn't do it. So the album I would take with me, Steve Vai's Fire Garden. I just looked at it and I said, oh, between Steely Dan and Steve Vai... Steve Vai's cool. Yeah, okay, that's it. That's it, yeah. I needed somebody to push me over the edge somewhere, so Steve Vai's Fire Garden. It's an album that, unless you're a guitarist, you probably don't know. I urge you, go and grab a song. If you can find it as a download and you need to find one song to listen to, Dying Day is the one you want to grab a hold of. It's, again, everything he's wrapped up. Somebody is going to say to you, who's the best guitarist out there today? And Eddie Van Halen's going to come up, and this person's going to come up. Steve Vai is somebody you really need to listen to. He's technically proficient. He's technically perfect. He may be the fastest guy out there, but he's not so wrapped up in technique that he doesn't write unbelievably good music. And to a guitarist, he's sort of that guy on the pedestal that when he begins to play clouds part, single beam of light, D minor key on the keyboard. <laughs> if you've never heard of him, here's your introduction. This is Diane Day from the album Fire Garden. Steve Vai, Rock School. <laughs> Amazing. It is, he really and that's, is. That's not even one where he's attempting to show off. He'll take he'll take a song on every one of his albums, and he'll go ballistic. He'll mm-hmm. attempt to play sixty fourth notes and play a million miles a minute. But then he'll have pieces like that that are just musically perfect. And the entire album Fire Garden is front to back perfect. Now you asked if he has any songs off the off air. You asked if he had any songs that were that he sang, mm-hmm. they're not as good. Okay. When he tries to put lyrics to it and such, I'm, I'm not a fan of those. He has to stay instrumental. and But when he does, it's just fantastic. Fair enough. Steve Vai. And you know what that does, since we didn't play the Steely Dan song? What? Now that allows me to do an entire show on Citizen Steely Dan. Hey! Yay! Nice. We'll do that probably sometime next year. We're done. we got another year coming up. That's right. We will finish this show, Stranded, Rock and Roll for a Deserted Island. What album would you bring? What album would you bring that people would go, you listen to that? And what album would you destroy if you found it on the island? We will finish with who I think is the greatest rock critic ever, Lester Bangs. Mm-hmm. Out of it. Cream yeah. Magazine, Detroit. Lester Bangs would take Astral Weeks. Ever heard of it? No. Van Morrison. Stunning. Recorded over two eight-hour sessions, almost live. Very few overdubs. A jazz band is basically what he did it with, according to Lester Bangs. This was particularly important to me because in the fall of 1968, when it was recorded, it was a terrible time in my life. I was a physical and mental wreck, nerves shredded, and ghosts and spiders looming and squatting across my mind. Astral Weeks was a subject of this piece, the rock record of the most significant part of my life. No matter how I was feeling when it came out, I was in it. 
When I put it on, it was a quality, a beacon. It was light on the far shores of my murky life. What's more, it was proof to me that there was something left to express artistically besides nihilism and destruction. Hey, you know, nobody writes like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. From Astro Weeks, ladies and gentlemen, this, oh, this is a beautiful, beautiful song. This is called The Way Young Lovers Do. Ladies and gentlemen, Van Morrison on Rock School. Class is dismissed. We strolled through fields all wet with rain And back along the lane again There in the sunshine In the sweet summertime The way